What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Being a lifelong firefighter, what made you want to become a firefighter? I don't know. Kind of a long, crazy story. Yeah. Rough and rugged. Rough Is that what rugged. it was? No. You just wanted the fire suit, the oxygen tank, and the axe? <laughs> no, I... It's... Uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy, actually. What happened was I was I was riding my bike, my mom's bike, from my house to a girl I was dating, mm-hmm. and I got smoked by a car. Really? And the cop that, like, came and talked to me or whatever happened to volunteer at the fire department that was where i grew up up richard canyon and he was telling me it was about it and how much he enjoyed it so once i like got better how from old that, were you oh uh, 18 okay freshman year of college so that was like your inspiration well yeah he said it was pretty cool and uh i've always liked big equipment and tractors and stuff like that excavation yeah yeah. so i (laughs) i went volunteered at the department and decided it was pretty sweet i really enjoyed it what's the biggest dozer you've ever rolled around in oh brett's got a pretty sweet john deere 850 i like rolling that thing around Uh uh-huh just moving some material (laughs) oh yeah thing pushes do you ever get to do any dynamite blasting i haven't done any like blasting no they did some blasting but i wasn't there Mm -hmm. moved some rocks with it but I've heard it. I've never, yeah, I've never been present for it. Seems like it'd be pretty cool. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Doing demolition. Yeah, just blowing things up, <laughs> getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> Packing in the powder. <laughs> right. Ugh. So we were just talking about your diet, which mainly is egg and waffles, macaroni and cheese, and cupcakes. Yeah. And yeah. meat that you kill. I've started every day since I was uh, about, yeah, I'd say first or second grade with three Eggo waffles. Um, <laughs> now, do you put butter on each waffle yeah, or only on see, the top? My, no, my mom, she's, she's a saint. <laughs> she, she would stack three waffles and, and butter each one and then cut them into little squares. Really? And, and then put syrup on it. I do the syrup. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm in You're charge the syrup of the syrup. Guy. Yeah, it's got to be log cabin, though. Yeah. I don't mess around. Do you heat it up first? No, or? no. I just go with it. But there's a, there's a system. <laughs> and, yeah, I just... The perfect egg and waffle. Yeah, and it's clearly led to my physical fitness and success. Yeah. After. I mean... I mean, you can go paleo or you can just go ego. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, so I personally have a case of egg and waffles in my freezer at home. I buy the, the, was it the 24 pack? Yeah. 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 I buy the 24 pack of blueberry egg waffles. Yeah. Blueberry is the only way. Only way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You put a little Kerrygold butter on there. Mm -hmm. Maybe a couple sunny side eggs. Not Lando Lakes. No, 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 no. (laughs) And then you got to, yeah, you got to have a couple eggs because that, that carb sugar crash happens about 10 in the morning and then you got to have something to carry you through to lunch. Yeah. Just experienced. Mm -hmm. Weathered. Yes. Tried and true. Tried and true. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell us who you are? Uh, so I'm Cody Wetmore. Yeah. I uh, live here in Bozeman, Montana. Um, 
You're right. a lifetime Montana. Lifetime, yeah. Well, actually, I was born in California. Not Get, a lot of people know that. It's, really? Yes, my parents are from there, and I don't tell a lot of people that. But now you just told I'm the feeling world, pretty girl. vulnerable right now, so I'll just let everyone know. Yeah, <laughs> now, I moved here when I was one, uh-huh. less than one. Which was what year? 1991, I guess. So you're a 90s baby. 90, you know, 90 on the on the nose. On the no- yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I uh, been here my whole life in Bozeman. Grew up up Bridger Canyon. Um, originally, yeah, from my parents are from Southern California, Laguna Beach mm-hmm. area. Laguna Beach is nice. Yeah. I spent a lot of time down there. I'm yeah. familiar with it. Yeah, it's sweet. My my Laguna dad was Miguel in the... and all yeah. that. Yeah, he was in the outdoor industry down there and uh, just wanted to get away from the people and came up here. And So, yeah, I've been here my whole life. Um, been a fireman in Bozeman here for going on eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I got into hunting. You know, obviously there's, it's kind of a big part of the culture up here. So my dad wasn't a huge hunter, but he, uh, we kind of went into it together and it was a pretty awesome thing for both of us to be able to do together. So how old were you when you started hunting? Uh, gosh, I wanted to start hunting real young, but he wouldn't take me till I was probably like, you know, seven or eight years old. Oh, cool though. So it was before you were 10. Oh yeah. 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 And you couldn't hunt until you were 12 back then here. So what is it now? Is it still 12 or? I think 10 if you're like with an adult. Yeah. Um, like a mentorship program. So, yeah, I started hunting then when I was, you know, we killed a couple. We killed an elk together the first year I went out with him. It was super cool. Kind of nice. hooked me. And then we had a ranch up in White Sulphur Springs and hunted up there a lot. Had a lot of just, that's probably where I learned the most. And a lot of it was just like being outside and mm-hmm. being around the animals. Like, you can read all the books and listen to all the podcasts about how to hunt them, but unless you actually have field experience you're kind of up shit's creek yeah boots on the ground is the best learning tool right spending my whole life with 300 elk in our pivot every night you got to see how they work how they talk how they communicate yeah, what, what they doing. do yeah behavioral science yeah, man white tails mule deer <clears throat> antelope all of them it's just really cool right you get to learn their mannerisms yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah it's it's funny because there's so many new hunters i feel like in the last five years and there's so many more people that are always seeking information you know via podcast book you know whatever tv show whatever it is and and i always just think that i mean we could sit here and talk about mannerisms and we could talk about all the different activities that animals do in the field but until you're in the field and you actually experience it for yourself it's really hard to comprehend what's going on yeah, I just, I mean, even to this day, I screw more stuff up than anybody when I'm hunting. <laughs> I mean, I do. Yeah. But I just try and tell myself every blown stock, every missed opportunity, how can I change that next time, right? Like, first time, shame on me. Or, you know, how that saying goes. It's yeah. like, it's one of those deals where it's like, yeah, if I, if I screw it up, you know, yeah, it sucks and everything. But, like, just don't screw it up again. Yeah. Like, I, rem- I, I don't know. It's just... I remember uh, last year on my first sheep hunt, um, Jake and the client were going in on a ram and I lost the ram. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's like, I mean, that's rough when that happens. And for 45 minutes, couldn't find the sheep. And then obviously it poked its head out and there it was. Yeah, I spent. But like, that's like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, Willie left last year and left me. I was trying to. <laughs> Guy a couple a governor's tag and an auction tag 
or the auction tag and the super tag and i couldn't find either ram for like 10 days really willie had to come in and save the day pretty tough well willie's just yeah he's just yeah he's willie yeah you want to talk about a a legendary sheep hunter the legend oh there he is (laughs) just text me his ears were burning (laughs) unreal yeah man what a nice guy too the best Yeah. yeah amazing dad great hunter he's been a great mentor to me well, and he's been sheep hunting for since I think it was 93, if I remember correctly. Yeah, a long time. So you were like all the three years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, before it was. Yeah, Willie could be my dad probably, you know. Yeah. Easy. I mean, who knows? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no he's, yeah, him and, him and Brendan kind of like formed you. Yeah, in your in your later years, getting into it and really. Oh yeah, I mean, I know Brendan. That's how I met Willie. I know Brendan from way back. He was, you know, helping my dad with some construction stuff way back in the day. And you were helping him on the job sites. Oh yeah, picking up garbage, following <laughs> him around like a little <laughs> eight-year-old kid. Uh huh. So, but yeah, and then just it's kind of been cool to watch everybody kind of grow together, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I went from sweeping up nails, watching Brendan trying you know doing his thing with the contracting to then like meeting willie and watching brendan now he's you know done all the sheep stuff and yeah willie's crushing the sheep stuff and just being a they're both dads and good dads and it's just like yeah i don't know it's crazy to watch everyone kind of fall into place growing up yeah isn't it interesting like the the cycle of growing up and seeing how people change throughout time and I mean I know we kind of talked about this a little bit you know but you're looking at maybe having a family soon and yeah. you know or, or coming up you know in the next five or ten years or whatever oh yeah it's crazy you know and you know you'll be at that you'll be at, at that spot you know when you're in your mid 40s yeah know, and you have no, a, for sure you, know, you have a seven-year-old kid or something like that yeah and I've already got like I've got a, a nephew who's 14 that's like just wants to go on every hunt I go on and wants to, and like, doesn't even care, you know, never complains. I don't have to entertain him. He just wants to be there. And it's like, it's crazy to see like, okay, that was me when I was 14 mm-hmm. or eight or whatever, you know, that whole yeah. time was just like, I was looking up to these guys, like these guys are, and they, you know, take me on these hunts and I don't know now to be, you know, I'll be 30 this year and taking the next. When's your 30th birthday? July. Really? July 28th. Oh, so you're coming up. Oh yeah. yeah, quick, feeling old. How? You, yeah. <laughs> but the egos keep me young. Yeah, <laughs> keep that youthful spring That's about right. you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. So for you, getting to develop your talent and your skill. I mean, obviously, you know, you learned a lot from your dad and what you were saying, and kind of getting to build the tradition with your dad inside your family and all that. What What was it like getting to learn? from other mentors outside of your dad well you know like my dad he was you know like i said he wasn't like a diehard hunter by any stretch but he got into it and he liked it and kind of set that foundation but um but you know my dad wasn't like into like sheep hunting or this and that he was just a you know general general tag montana gonna go out to the ranch and pinwheel one i watched him shoot tons of cow elk with you know 330 bulls standing next to him just because he's like how one tastes better yeah cows taste better yeah so you know grew up doing that and then you know starting to get with those like that well comer and i started hunting together you know Mm -hmm. and uh kind of just fed off each other like we just 
you know, and we had another buddy, Brock, and it was kind of the three of us. We'd just go up to our ranch or go to, you know, comb around a place, and we'd just go and and just hunt and hunt and hunt. Started, like, you know, then you start talking to, like, the Brendans and guys like that. They're like, you need to be putting in for this tag and this tag and do this and come to this show and put in for this. And, you know, you just start to, like, build and you Evolve. go to a, Yeah, you, you go to a show and you meet guys and you set up, you know, and just network. And, yeah, you pretty soon you're, you've got points and tags and it's sweet really fun hunts yeah you're like you know this is way better than a general tag yeah like comer pulls a goat tag and we go backpack into the you know the crazies and kill a great goat like mm-hmm. not really knowing what we're doing but just <laughs> loving it you know and yeah it was so much fun and then you know like i had that moose tag and he comes on that one and we go blow down a moose like it's just I, we've just like yeah it's just trial and error kind of you know like, mm-hmm. now do you feel like being able to put a lot of days in the field and uh scouting or or even you know at, at the ranch or something like that getting to watch the animals um throughout the year instead of just being a weekend warrior hunter do you feel like that kind of helped you in the long run so when you come out of a season you can still look at animals you can still see what's going on and how they're acting and then when the hunting season rolls around your eyes are still you know fixed on that yeah yeah i think so and because like for me i feel like it's a tarnishable skill yeah you know you hunt in california and i'll you know just speak to california so you hunt california for you know say two weeks and then you have 11 and a half months off of hunting yeah and then you go back to it and it's it's almost as if you're starting from scratch again oh for sure you know and i think a lot of it's like um you know at least with the sheep thing is like you start to find these rams and and you start to see them in the same spots year after year they're very like habitual it seems like and where they want to be see the same rams year after year and and you know to an extent elk too right you'll see them in the summer and they're you know i don't know if they're the same elk i'm not that good (laughs) at knowing but you see good bulls in the same places year after year and you know you might find a group of cows that rut you know these bulls rut in this drainage year after year and then yeah i mean it's like and i think a lot of that's just like the time spend time out there right like you can go out right now and find a bunch of bulls in velvet but they probably won't be there come september middle middle of september when they start rutting like yeah they're gonna be with the cows so i always like tell people like you know that's been something that's been taught to me is like if you find the cows in september you're good like there's gonna be a bull yeah but then I think it's like that, you know, the more time you spend out, like finding all those little nuances and all the little tiny places where little, you know, Eastern Montana or whatever, like there's not a lot of elk, but when you find them, man, they're usually there they move and, but just being out there, you're going to improve your odds. You're going to yeah. learn something every time you're out. Even if you don't see an elk, well, at least you can check it off the box that there's no elk there. That move somewhere else. Yeah. Like, you know, not finding elk is sucks but if you go out to a spot and you spend all weekend and <laughs> don't see anything like and, and they might be there the next weekend yeah. who knows you know they yeah. move around right but yeah it's crazy so how did you make the transition from you know being a deer hunter and an elk hunter into getting into the sheep world um kind of crazy right so i yeah i was guiding um i guided like jason and stuff up at the ca um with the buddy jack and then did a few hunts up there a couple really good dudes from um, utah i guided up there and um you know we were killing some great bulls it's a great ranch with great hunters 
you know, successful outcomes or it's just, uh, it's kind of hard to make yourself look bad in a, in such a successful environment, you know, like, uh-huh. and so a well-managed area. Absolutely. And, and I went from that and actually, uh, a, a non-resident guy had reached out to Brendan, um, and asked if, uh, he wanted to guide a sheep or knew anything about a unit. And I, he, he called me, he's like, I'm too busy. If you want it, take it, whatever. So called the guy back, turned out to just be a great dude. Um, actually a friend to this day mm-hmm. drew a montana tag um i had never really even spent any time on a sheep hunt but uh went up in the summer and i you know i told him i'll scout it we'll see what we find so went up there by myself and slept in the back of my truck and did the whole deal and actually found a great ram um in the middle of the summer and it stuck around there the whole time and then uh uh, he flew out. We ended up going up and killing that ram. You know, it wasn't as easy as it as it sounds, but yeah. Um, and it was a great ram, and it was beautiful, like a, just a really cool, tight, big, cool ram. And and I just was hooked. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I knowing that you might never draw a bighorn sheep tag in Montana, but to be able to go out and bust your ass and have a successful sheep hunt, man, it's done. cool. Like if. I had quite a bit of ownership in it, you know, it was like, felt pretty cool to go out and never have really sheep hunted, find a ram, sit on them all summer and kill them opening day. We'll talk about getting thrown an amazing bone, you know what I mean? To, yeah. To catapult you into that. Yeah, for sure. That new stratosphere, that new level that, you know, obviously has become a passion and love. I'm sure that your life is seriously based around today. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that that want that and that want the, the, to be a guide and want to do all this stuff. Right. But like, there's a big difference between like wanting to and being like, okay, I'm going to take this non-resident. This is the only sheep tag he's probably ever going to draw in Montana. There's a huge amount of pressure there and just being like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put all my eggs into one basket. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to, and, and to be successful, man, it, it's pretty rewarding. Feels pretty cool as the guide. He's stoked. He gets to look at that ram every day in his living room. Well, and it forged and a lifetime-long friendship. 100%. And then, yeah, just like, you know, I think that that people see like that, you know, like the hard work that went into that. And then, you know, being invited from Willie to go on, you know, the following year and do and help out with the governor's tag mm-hmm. was super cool. And um, I think, you know, we've become super good friends, Willie and I have. And it all kind of goes back to just like, you know, seeing that I was totally all in enamored. Yeah. And just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Like, let's just, let's all put our boots on the ground and make something happen. And just being part of that team is awesome. You know, and like Comer came up and helped me on that when we killed that Ram and it's just like, you know, it was cool. Comer and I've done everything since third grade together. So <laughs> for him to be there when I guided the first sheep, like it was sick. He took awesome photos and yeah, it was just great, you know? And like, just goes back to that like team effort like you know when everybody can work together man a broken spoke breaks a wheel so yeah when everybody's on the same page and working together pretty amazing things can happen right absolutely so for your first hunt you know and you were talking about matt came out and helped and the whole deal what was that like for you from getting the opportunity to scouting to finishing out the season with a successful hunt Oh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, Matt's, Matt was pretty 
key in it. He had a, his father-in-law like had a cabin there, mm-hmm. just happened to be where, where the tag was. So we just can't, you know, got based this, out. Of yeah. There. We just based out of there and it was, it was perfect. Um, but it was cool. You know, like you go up there the first time I went up there is with a buddy of mine, Ryan, and we looked and looked and we found like three ewes and just being like jacked like oh man we found sheep in this unit like sick <laughs> you know like i didn't know i get it and so i totally I, get it just <laughs> relating off of my first sheep hunt yeah and so know? like i was stoked i'm like oh sick i sent the guy some pictures of some ewes you know and he's from wisconsin so he's like yeah sick like cool sheep you know whatever yeah we rolled and then i just went back you know like two weeks later and then got farther in there and i was like holy cow there's like a band of like 14 rams with the ram we ended up killing was in it and i like took some pictures of that i was like I'm just jacked, right? Like, <laughs> dude, that's a big ram. Like, I've seen a lot of pictures of a lot of rams in Montana, and I've seen a lot of rams in the breaks and stuff, but that's a, that's Dandy. the real deal. Yeah. And then, you know, getting the nod from from the boys that are <laughs> the sheep guys to be like, you got to kill that. That's a that's a hammer. And then to go in and actually do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I was super nervous. I was shitting my pants for, you know. I, I mean, when we went in opening day and pulled, you know, pulled up and hiked up and then got the glass out and boom there's the ram like it was just like oh my god game on it's game on like now we just got to make this happen and were you super worried about blowing it or uh, you, dude it's unreal stress yeah yeah it's like yeah it, dude it's, i don't know it's a it, it's a stressful situation when it's like okay hunters in camp it's going down things are happening on the mountain 100 percent, you know and that's i i you know and and that's like what I've talked about with Willie at length and, and Brendan. It's like making the call, right? Like when you're looking at a bunch of rams and you've got a ram picked out and that's the ram that needs to get killed because you've looked at photos and studied it all summer and then you're on it and it's like you got to make the call. You got a client that's got a half a million dollars invested into a sheep tag and mm-hmm. you don't want to mess that up. It's got to be. It has to be. Yeah. And to be the, like, to make that call is an insanely stressful position to be in. Well, and, and I think also a big part of that is knowing and understanding horn growth. Yeah. On a, on a sheep, you know, and, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier, you know, and I know for me, there's been sheep where I've seen them. And at first I'll be like, no, that's not, you know not the right ram i'm not that's not a ram i want to look at and then five hours later still glassing and going back to that ram and being like well it does it it does kind of flare out you know it yeah is that is that you know and then like no wait a minute it's it's a super tight curl and it's not at all yeah you know and being able to make that judgment and and that play and that call in the field you know because that can separate a ram by 20 or 30 inches of horn oh 100 percent like you know, and it's just like, it's like, goes back to just like being there, right? Like boots on the ground, go look at a ton of Rams and then kill a few and, and be like, this is what I think he is. And then him get him on the ground and like, shit, you might miss him if you miss him. But you know, you might think, oh, that Ram's 16 and a half on the base and he's 15, seven or 15, six. Like you're almost off by an inch, right? That changes everything the whole way down. But you don't know unless you you're going out and you're looking at a ton of sheep and you're killing them, mm-hmm. you know, you get a few on the ground and you start to see, like, then you go back and look at your pictures, like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess he wasn't, he doesn't have the bases I thought he did, and this is probably why it's kind of deceiving in this way or that way. And I've missed more than I've got, for sure. Like, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I screw stuff up probably more than anybody. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's but it's part of the learning curve. Yeah, though. it is, you know, and but I'm not afraid to be, you know, I'm not going to try and come in here with a huge ego and tell everyone that I'm the greatest and I know everything, right? Like I'm constantly sending pictures to guys that are much smarter and much better at field judging sheep and being like, "What do you think of this ram?" And that's how I, you know, I might have my opinion, but if I send it to to Willie and Willie's like, "Man, like super tight small bases like keep looking like okay great you know like it's just that's how you learn right it's, mm-hmm. it's just surround yourself, and, and surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you and mm-hmm. not you know and just you you know so, you know just bringing yourself up like the minute that you think you don't know anything or that you know everything you're fucked you're fucked yeah. you are it's the same with the fire department it's the same with everything like just pick a new hobby because when you get to the point where your ego is so big that you can't learn anything from anybody else or you can't learn anything from spending time in the woods you you got some serious you know reevaluating to do of your self and of what you're doing oh yeah and that's like for me part of the reason why i've fallen in love with sheep is because there's so much stuff to learn yeah you know and there's so much everything about it you know is, is there's there's so much i feel like there's so much more wrapped up in it than mule deer hunting yeah, it's you just, uh, I think a lot of it's like, okay, there's how many mule deer tags in Montana and there's how many sheep tags. Like it's, it's a truly a once in a lifetime, maybe, maybe draw one once in a lifetime yeah. kind of tag. If you're lucky. Yeah. And then to be a part of something like that, man, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, I don't guide cause it's cool to guide. I guide cause you it's don't like, get rich off guiding. No, it's, it's cool. It's to be a part of someone's once in a lifetime tag is it's good to me and for what I like doing, it's cool, right? It might not be for you. It might not be for somebody else. They might, you know, like Comer's always giving me shit. Like, dude, why don't you put some shit on your own wall? You know, and it, I get it. Like, yeah, dude, it's true. Like, I, I love hunting for myself. But um, at the end of the day, there's a part of me that just, I like, I really feed off the, like, whole process of finding the ram, mm-hmm. hunting the ram, and then being successful with that, that client. Like, getting, like filling his once in a lifetime tag it's cool and, and it's rewarding right there is getting to be a part of that memory for the rest of someone's lifetime oh i mean like i can look right there and I, get, yeah, I got two replicas sitting right there from you know and they're both monsters yeah the the one on the right is a guy i've googled since i was 10 years old randy <laughs> Ulmer, right yeah. legend yeah the best and like last year i had the opportunity of freaking Packing him, that, huh? helping him pack out a ram that i supposedly guided him on i told randy where the sheep was and randy killed the sheep randy did randy's magic yeah i i the first day i totally screwed him up sent him down the wrong ridge i got all you know down he on just yourself. looked at me he's like that's strike one like, oh <laughs> shit <laughs> so the next day we found the ram and yeah he slid in and killed it but just to be part of that right like that was ram willie had seen in the summers long right it's cool. Mm-hmm. And we decided that's the ram we want to kill, and just things fall into place. Like, How was that hunting with him last year? Randy? Yeah. Guy's unreal. Yeah. And you guys had a pretty stellar crew we had through a, and through. Yeah. Willie was there for the first day, and then he had to jet, and then it was, uh, yeah, just a solid crew of, of, yeah, it was just super fun, man. Yeah. Sea Cat just. Yeah, Mark's told me about it. Getting Matt awesome told me photos. about it. Yeah, Comer. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was about <clears throat> as good as it gets, like. Man, the the I like just getting the photos from Mark is so cool. Like usually, you know, it's me with my iPhone guiding and some guy, and you know, I take a couple pictures of him, get some good pictures of him, and then this. But like to have all these pictures of like 
me and Randy together and hunting the ram and packing the ram out together. And the, like, exti- the entire yeah, experience. It's like, my idol. And I'm here with them packing a ram out <laughs> that, we, you know, it's just like, holy cow, man. Legend. How cool is that? Yeah. Like, I think. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm also, man, that guy, like, to say I was like the guide and put him on the sheep, that's complete horse shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a killer. We were I mean, fortunate. We had the ram. We found the ram. And a, a great group of guys came together and we had a successful outcome and that's what it's all about and that's that's the part that i think people lose is they want you know they want to be able to be on their instagram and be like i did this i did that it's like man like part of it's spending the time with with your close friends and mm-hmm. having a great crew and having a successful outcome and those like you can't lose touch of that that's to me that's what it's all about mm-hmm. and giving credit where credit's due like there's a lot more people to thank on that hunt than me mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I was just there and we just found the Ram and got lucky and Randy's a killer. Yeah. Simple. He's a bow stalker. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talk about somebody who has, you know, an immense amount of in the field experience oh. with archery. Yeah. And just being able to spend time, like just watching Randy, I'm watching learning, I'm learning the whole time, right? Yeah. Putting a stock on a bighorn sheep with Randy, I'm learning and I, and a lot of people, Willie, anybody these guys that you know there's tons of guys that have like i'm i'm just getting my feet wet with the sheep thing you know yeah Yeah. like just i'm learning from these guys all the time Mm -hmm. how's that feel it's awesome yeah rewarding yeah it's cool you know i mean i don't i don't i I, i've never understood the whole like you know ego thing it's Mm -hmm. just like i just enjoy doing it i like doing it because i like doing it not because anybody else does and I'm really lucky that I've surrounded myself and people have chosen to let me be in their circles of greatness. And I've just, yeah. you know, been able to absorb, you know, and I think that's like a big thing that for people that want to get into the guiding thing is like, just check your ego and, and just learn. Yeah. There's tons of guys like, like Jake, Steph. Steph's amazing. Jake's yeah. amazing. I mean, all of them, the amount of stuff that I, you know, cause Jake's younger than I am and, and the amount of stuff that I get to learn from Jake. I mean, every time, even when we just have phone calls, Oh yeah. you know, and, and you know, like even outside of hunting, you know, when I have, when I have life problems, you know, I can, I can talk to Jake and bounce stuff off Jake, yep. you know, and his life experience is different from my life experience where he can present stuff to me, um, in ways that I can be receptive and open-minded to and, and look at it from a different perspective and a different lifestyle and apply it into my life and be like, wow, that's, you know, that's awesome. Oh, for sure. You know, like I, when I very first started, you know, I got a job, um, packing for a guy named Rick French and in the Brooks range of Alaska. And like, I literally went up there, never been on a backpack hunt, never nothing, you know, 20, 18, 20 years old, whatever I was. And, uh, I rolled in there and green is green and he just took me under his wing and like, yeah, the whole time, right. Just learning like, Oh, this is how this works. And, you know, turning eyes, ears, nose, and lips, mm-hmm. skinning a sheep. Like I didn't know. Yeah. But I still like, <laughs> I mean, after whatever it was, how many ever hunts it was last year, I, uh, I still am like so leery when it comes to skinning out a sheep because oh, yeah. dude, that's someone's prized possession for generations in their family. I don't want to, do anything to, to jeopardize yeah. yeah you know i know right and then i watched jake and steph and and scott and 
Brady skin out a ram. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you guys are just... Yeah, just do it. Yeah, I'll just watch. Oh, yeah. You My know? client last year, I had a guy, um, he owns Monarch Taxidermy I mean, Helena, drew a tag, right? And we killed a ram, and then it was awesome. Just stood there, and he just put on a clinic for how to skin a sheep and how to do it right, and it was awesome. I mean... Because there's a right way to do it. Uh, yeah, and that's what he does. Yeah. And he's the one that gets to mount it, so... I'm like, yeah, show me. Mm-hmm. How do you want to do it? You yeah. know, that then, yeah, just watching people that are so proficient at all the little parts and pieces, you know, it's so much, there's just so much that goes into it. Do you feel like sheep hunting has shaped your life outside of hunting and, and your thought process and how you deal with things on a daily basis? I think so. You know, I mean, yeah, for sure. And just like, just realizing like, I don't know, like, you're sitting up there in the rain with, you know, on a 10-day backpack and sheep hunt. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Like, you're just eating when you're hungry, sleeping when you're tired and glassing and trying to make it happen. And, like, just taking that perspective into your everyday life of, like, the little things don't really matter. Like, we let them matter, but they don't. Like, just, you know, be a good person and it's just, it just simplifies everything, you know? And I think the sheep hunting has been a good out for me, you know, like obviously being a fireman and stuff and, um, what we do, you know, I live in Bozeman. It's pretty chill, um, place to be a fireman really. Like, you know, I can't imagine being in a heart of a big city and what they see and do, but you know, we see our fair share of stuff Crazy. that people don't want to see. I don't want to see. Yeah. And just to be able to go out and, um, be it sheep hunting, be it just like hiking in the bridges and doesn't even have to have an animal, but just being outside, man, that, that's my out. That's my decompressing. Just go and. Absolutely. Like yeah. for me, I always say nature is my church. Yeah. 100%. You know, like yep. when I go outdoors, that is when I am like 100% connected, you know, spiritually, mentally, everything calms down that's happening in the world outside and I can focus on what I love and that's, you know, finding animals in the wilderness. Yeah. Yep. And it, it kind of takes your mind off everything else, you know, when you're out and when you do find like a, a animal, you know, set the glass up and look and it's cool. You just don't think about all the little things, right? Like all the task at hand. Yeah. I wonder what kind of car such and such <laughs> bought. I need to buy a better one or, you know what Trivial I mean? All the bullshit. bullshit that goes along with living in Bozeman anymore. <laughs> it's just like, How is a, it's just a fucking rat race of <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. You're all worried about what kind of car you're going to drop your kids off at school. It's like, man, I don't, I don't have time for that shit. I drive an 86 Nissan. I got a, the truck out there. Yeah. That's a nice truck. I pulled great. up and the first thing I thought was like, that's a badass. Yeah. Truck. I mean, I got a nice one in the garage, but I'm not worried. I, I don't, I just can't get wrapped up in the shit. Yeah. I'd rather go sheep hunting and do stuff and go yeah. up in the brakes and open the bridges. Disappear. Yeah. Go catch walleyes. Mm-hmm. There's so much shit to do. You know, I didn't, I didn't. You know, and I think a lot of it's just like growing up here, like Bozeman's still Bozeman to me, mm-hmm. what it was, you know. Do you feel like it's changed, though, in the last 10 years? Oh, insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the hunting community has probably changed quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, hunting got cool. Yeah. It's hip. Bozeman got cool. Bozeman got cool. Hunting got cool. Hunting's hip. Mm-hmm. It's all about that, you know. What does that feel life. like for you? I mean, I call you a Montana native, a Montanan, because you've been here since you were one. I'll go for it. Yeah. You know, here, I'll take it. I'll ride it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I talk about it with Comer all the time. You know, we got spots that we've hunted forever. And now all of a sudden, some dude watches, you know, whatever on YouTube, meat eater, whatever. Yeah. Reads a 
blog or reads a podcast and all of a sudden he's got a portrait mode on his phone and he's taking artsy photos and check out this base and it's so yeah beautiful. it's just like are you kidding me man like come on yeah but whatever you know it's gonna happen and to fight it you're just gonna get run over so you just just try and be one step ahead um but yeah the, as far as the, the vibe of bozeman yeah it's changed it used to be like you know not necessarily like Cowtown, but i knew a lot of like guys that were riding for the brand in the summer and ski bums by winter you know mm-hmm. some of my dad's good friends are just like they're fishing guides all summer guide elk all fall and then they're just like the grungiest hippie dudes skiing all winter like that, that is there a lot of hippies up here huh, more I, than you'd expect yeah i mean kind of and i don't know if they're like hippies but there's just a lot of like just yeah that you know i don't care if people want to move to bozeman but don't move to bozeman to change it from to you know like move to bozeman because you because you like Bozeman. Move the move to Bozeman because you love the lifestyle and you love the way that it has yeah. been preserved. Don't move there because you love the lifestyle and the way it's preserved, but you want to change it so it better suits you and your ideology. Yeah, you know, and I I mean, whatever. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? If we were all the same, it'd be pretty boring, but... There'd be no diversity. There's just a little part of me that wants to hold on to kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do? Still lucky to live here, man. Wake up every day and look at the Bridgers. Can't be too mad about anything. Yeah, loving it. Yeah. You know, you can float a river, you know, 20 minutes. Do you do a lot of fly fishing and all that? Yeah, my dad, see, my dad was a, you know, that was all he did. He was a big fly fisherman. That's his jam. Mm Kind of like to the point where I didn't really like it. Just because he liked it. (laughs) That like weird kid dad thing. Yeah, it was like the thing you guys did together. Yeah, and I'm like, that's stupid. And I throw my panther martin in and he's just like all he wanted me to do was fly fish like him you know but now panther martin is a spinner oh yeah so i learned that from matt yesterday oh it slays yeah because because we were talking about fly i think we were talking about fly fishing and he just started talking about a panther martin and i was like oh is that just like a little fly and he was like no No. it's a spinner yeah (laughs) comer and i've been known to you know take a Take a few beers out on the river and <laughs> chuck some spinners. Not above it. Yeah. You know. Is there anything wrong with it? No. Just people complain about it because it's not fly fishing. Yeah. You, it sounds like a yeah. South Park episode where everyone your, farts in a glass yeah. and smells their own farts. You show up in the 86 Nissan with your shitty drift boat and start chucking Panther Martins and crushing beers. <laughs> and the dude next to you in his tundra with his rod tubes and his guide trips a little butthurt about it. It's like, <laughs> get over yourself, man. Yeah. We were so, all here for the love of the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a place for everybody. Right. That's yeah. crazy. I mean. Well, there's just so much to do, you know. I just, it's just weird little clicks around, you know. You got guys that fly fish, guys that sheep and elk and all this hunting. Then you got the traditional bro, bow guys. They're kind of a crew. And then the public land only guys. And then the, you know, walleye fishing, redneck ice fishing guys. It's, you know, what? I'm friends with people in every one of those groups and right. i enjoy doing well, everything and when you and i groups. first met each other we met each other at, at stone glacier yeah you know that was the first time that you flipping know, and flopping yeah having it you know fucking who this i think those peter's antelope legs yeah and they were delicious they were they were totally great you know for sure and uh what i loved about stone glacier and their mentality it was like yeah you know you want to come up and cook and i was like absolutely but i'm a kuyu guy yeah you know and they were like we don't give a shit it's yeah, totally no. okay. Yeah. And, you know, in other circumstances where I've, people have asked me and then I said, you know, hey, I'm totally down and, and I'll do whatever, 
but I'm a Kuyu guy. Like, don't give me free gear. I don't, you know, like, I'm yeah, not, it's not what I'm here for. It's not what I'm here for. I'm, I'm here, you know, in, in that circumstance to pass on the tradition of my grandfather. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, had people be like, oh, sorry, we can't. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, I don't <laughs> never, the hard lines, yeah, man. I've never understood the whole like brand. Like, yeah, I got good friends at Stone Glacier. I got good friends that wear Sitka. I got yeah. good, you know, yeah, I pitch them shit. I don't care. Yeah. But, I pitch people shit you know, and they pitch it right back. It doesn't mean that like, I'm not going to be like, you're not my friend because you wear Sitka. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's like being like, you're not my friend because you wear Levi's and I'm a Wrangler guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Too I mean, right. It's stupid. Yeah. You know, but I get it, you know, and it, and I, I, I've been, you know, through Brennan and then building a relationship with Jason and guiding on the CA and hunting with him a bunch. Like, you know, I've, I've got a vested interest with Kuyu. I like the, I like the stuff mm-hmm. and I like the brand and, um, you know, those guys really were a big part of what I, you know, done with my life and where I'm at today. And encapsulate. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to help them out, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be like. Well, and talk about comfortable gear living in the field 100 days a year. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of important when it's, I mean, for weekend warriors, you know, or guys who don't, you know, maybe they hunt two or three weeks in a, in a year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's as big of a an issue depending on what gear they're using. I mean, obviously you want to use the best stuff, but, yeah, you know, for my experience when I'm in the field constantly, like I want to be comfortable and I want to use gear that's going to last and be durable and. Yeah, you know, nothing's indestructible. I mean, you go by a sage bush and you catch it. Yeah, you tear it. Yo, yeah. that's like I was down with with Jay Scott this last year, helping him on a desert sheep hunt. It's pretty sweet. Never How s- was that hunt? It was epic. I mean, I remember yeah. seeing the pictures and getting oh, yeah. phone calls right after that ram got put down. But like, that looked like an amazing adventure. Oh yeah, you know, just Jay Bone's awesome. Known him, he was actually with me on the first when we did. You know, he. We filmed, Jay and I on his, like, handy cam, filmed that whole Kuyu elk hunt mm-hmm. up at the CA with Jason, the very first one when he killed that big six-point. Jay and I just, like, connected then, and we've just been super tight ever since. Yeah. And then last fall, finished up the sheep hunts here, and he's like, <laughs> my wife was wanting to go to, like, Arizona because it was cold and shitty here. And so I called Jay, and then she, like, ended up couldn't get work off. And Jay's like, come down and guide this sheep hunt, bring Livy. And I was like, can you go? And she's like, no. And I'm like, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, she, she wasn't stoked. But yeah, she, she, didn't, she didn't mind. You know, obviously she was a little bummed. She couldn't lay in the sun. And, but man, it was awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, and talk about a guy who, I mean, he's built an amazing career in the outdoor space for himself. But outside of the outdoors, he's also, you know, a pretty successful business guy and super and done yeah. a lot of really great things for himself. Yeah. We just drove around, we drove all around, you know, the Phoenix area and he's just like laying knowledge on me as far as just like real estate and financial stuff and, and you how know. to go about it. Yeah. And just being a young, you know, at my age, at, you know, 30 years old or whatever, like you, you're still in kind of in control of your destiny and setting yourself up for what you want to be. And mm-hmm. Jay realizes that he's, you know, yeah, he's just a good well-rounded guy mm-hmm. like a good person and always someone i can reach out and talk to and another one of those guys that's way smarter than i am and i learn something from him every time i'm around him yeah. you know yeah i mean uh a good buddy of mine who's also a, a good friend of jay's uh ryan olson you know ryan has just always told me so many wonderful things about jay it's just as far as you know being a great person yeah. you know being a really solid human being 
And that's just so attractive. You know what I mean? And oh, like yeah. you're saying, surrounding yourself with better people to better ourselves and better our journey and our adventure and all of that. And that's, yeah. you know, like a great person to be around because when we position ourselves around people that are constantly striving to be better, it forces us ourselves to yeah. strive to be better people and raise the bar constantly and continue to go further and try yeah. to grow, you know, mentally and emotionally and, you know. Yeah, you can either, like, I mean, I I see it at the fire department a lot, you know, like, we're type A guys, and, and I, we got two gals now, but, you know, everyone's, you know, when somebody's, like, pushing it, right, like, there's a lot of people's first reaction is to be like, you know, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to show off. I receive whatever, that a lot. Right, like, fuck him. Yeah. But you got to look at yourself real hard in the mirror and be like, am I saying fuck him because I'm threatened by him, or am I saying fuck him because he's truly a douchebag, yeah. you know? A lot of times it's because you're threatened, right? This mm-hmm. guy's like making you look a little bit bad. Well, at that point, you know, and I've just learned this lately because I, I was the biggest fuck him kind of guy. That was my out, right? Now maybe it's a little more like. What can I learn? That here? guy's kicking ass. I better step my shit up. Mm-hmm. I want to be better than him. I want to, you know, yeah. and it makes you better. Right. Well, not not only that, but like, you know, in, in a lot of circumstances, if we all surround ourselves with each other you know everybody's success is elevating everybody right everybody's doing good things and everybody's bringing everybody up along with the with each other you know and and that's irreplaceable value you know when you know i know for me like when i have bad times and and stuff where i'm you know not performing to what my own personal expectation is of myself and one of my buddies is performing excellently i know that i can talk to them and they can help inspire me to get back on my game and get back to where i need to be oh yeah you know for sure and that is so important in the overall spectrum of life oh yeah and i mean you can just see like you know just a few of these governor's tags i've done with like willie and stuff it's like yeah we we get a great team together everyone knows their role everyone crushes it and like we're constantly like holding each other accountable and making each other better and like look at the outcomes right they're great Mm mm-hmm and people are happy and they, they, yeah, there's speed bumps along the way, but man, like just, and just recognizing that, like recognizing that, like, you know, building, building each other up and being part of a team and giving credit to the team, like that goes a long ways. It does. And it if, really if does. Everybody's in it for the one, like, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you get a group of people all, all focused on like one goal and all vested on one goal and not trying to you know, and building each other up along the yeah. way. It's crazy, you know? Yeah. And that's why, like, you see these, like, you know, everyone always asks me, like, how do you get into that? Da, 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 da. And it's just like, a lot of it's just like, man, you got to show some value in that. Like, what's your value and, and how do you fit into that team? Mm-hmm. And once you find that click and you find your place and you find the team and yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll the do, sky more. Is we'll the do a lot of more hunts together. I'm, yeah. I'm sure of it. Yeah. The sky is the limit. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Right. So for you, you got to go on a stone sheep hunt. Yep. Yep. So what was that like? Because it was like roughly, you know, I don't want to say it was a 24 hour turnaround. It was a 24 hour Was it a 24 hour turnaround? Okay. So you got a 24 hour turnaround phone call. Yeah. I got a. Jumped at the opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, I was in a good spot and a lot of it was just a lot of luck. I just sold my house. So I had some money. And, uh, man, that was a big deal. And then it was just, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, a great deal. Um, somebody just couldn't go. Right. And, and, uh, 
Brandon had offered it to a few people and they just couldn't pull together that short of notice or whatever. And they, and Barry at big nine was like, I want it. Like, you know, you got to be here now. This is when the plane flies in. This is when we're, we're hunting. Like you got to be here. Like, and like it was like three days, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I talked to my wife. I'm like, what do you think? Like, I know this is a lot of money for us. We're just getting married. Like, and, uh, we'd only been married for a month and, uh, you know, she's like, go like, How it's epic, all you talk dude. about is stone sheep. Just go like, it's I'm like, you're never going to have this opportunity again. How? And I was like blown back. I was like, that's not what I was expecting. Right. <laughs> so then I, my next call was my dad thinking, Mr. Financial, you know, be responsible kid. He's going to slap you around yeah. a bit. Yeah. He's like, man, that sounds unbelievable. I'd go. I was like, shit. <laughs> I'm going, you know, yeah. <laughs> the so, two most important people just said go. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and I kind of felt bad. Comer had been prepping for his doll sheep, honey. Went, you know, he won it. Yeah. The $500 called, sheep. Yeah. Day. And yeah. I was like, uh, Hey Comer, uh, I'm going to go stone sheep hunting tomorrow. <laughs> and he's just like, you mother. <laughs> you know, but it was awesome. And he had, a, you know, I had to borrow a few things from him. Cause I, you know, I, I looked at tickets and I couldn't get a ticket. So I just had to drive. So I just drove from Bozeman all the way to, what was it Fort Nelson? Mm-hmm. Loaded some that's coolers. That's a fucking the, poke. Oh dude. yeah. She, yeah, was that's like, a poke. by yourself too. just like grinding. Cause what, from here to Alberta to the border in Alberta has got to be 10 hours. And it's another it was, 12 hours after I that. I think it was like 23 hours total. total driving. I stopped and, you know, Willie's done the drive a bunch looking for sheep for guys over the years. And so I just, he's like, told me to stop in white court, Alberta. So I stopped there. Mm-hmm and got a few hours of sleep and then kept going but i literally drove straight through from here to there to to fort nelson parked my truck unloaded my gun in my backpack threw it on a plane got straight on the plane flew into the to the airstrip and uh amanda was waiting there with a horse for me mm-hmm. <laughs> strapped my backpack on a pack horse took off on horses like this is not this is all one consecutive thing there's no break <laughs> in this Literally, like, before the plane had left the airstrip, we were riding horses into the into spike the field. camp. Yeah. yeah. So went, there was no day at the lodge. No, it was just got straight there. Out. We ate dinner, went to bed, woke up in the morning, looked up behind the thing. There's a big ram. Ate breakfast. <laughs> you know, packed my backpack, walked up there, and at 9 a.m., I was skinning it out. It was mm-hmm. just, like, crazy. I, you know. And that was Amanda and Steph that Steph, were on that yep, hunt with you. Yeah. How was that? Awesome. And, the, I mean... I don't know Amanda that well, but I, I know Steph really well. Yeah. And you know, obviously Steph is wonderful and amazing. She took guy to the year this year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the it, youngest person. And I think the first female, Female, yeah. you know, which is like, that's insanity in itself. Oh yeah. And it, she, she earned every bit of it, man. Absolutely. I mean, I've been around a lot of guys and gals and guides and I outfitters. Can't, and, I don't know many guys that could operate at the level that she well, operates at constantly. Yeah. She's super tough and super positive, you know, and that's a big thing is just like always just having a good attitude and her and Amanda were brutal on me and man, they were just making fun of me the whole time. You know, we we're just, just right into the lion's den there. They were just, <laughs> just picking on me and whatever, but I didn't really <laughs> give a shit. And I was throwing it back pretty good too, but yeah, it, yeah, it was fun. And like, you know, it's like, it's like anything like you can go out and do a hunt like that by yourself and it's cool and it's rewarding but man to like have those memories that i can share and like we can go to sheep show and bullshit and talk about it like you know it was it was pretty funny because like steph didn't really know and then like i just rode into camp 
they didn't know who they were getting. They just knew they were getting a cancellation person. So I rode into the camp and I was like, Hey, she's like, what are you doing here? You know, like, <laughs> you're, like, you're my yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, you know, it was like, I don't know. And it's, it's so weird for me being a guide and then going guided, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you don't need to boil my mountain house water. Like I <laughs> a functional human being i can do this it's different you know don't cook me dinner but yeah no it's it was so fun man it was cool and yeah i I still can't believe it like it still seems like it was a dream right you know i i I literally before that i didn't even know if i'd ever see a stone sheep let alone yeah have the chance to hunt one and be successful put one on my wall and bc is such a magical place man unreal unreal yeah. What time of year were you there in August? August first. August. Think, yeah. Yeah. What was it like in August? Like weather wise, blue just skies, beautiful. Really? Yeah, it was like you couldn't ask for better weather. Like, and finishing on day one. Well, yeah. We, well, <laughs> and that was the thing. Like, I, I had like pulled in some shift trades and stuff at work, like to make this work. Right. It was a fourteen day hunt. So like, yeah. to pull off fourteen days off, you know, I had to get some shifts covered, and everybody was cool, and everyone was gonna do this, you know, work for me, and I pay him back and um had some vacation and but i mean i was there and all this was in place so i you know i shot the ram and then decided like let's just spend a couple like let's go like i i don't want this to just be over yeah like and what a way to do it right like get the ram and the stress is off because it doesn't matter what anyone says there's this insane amount of stress like yeah you're on a stone sheep hunt like you don't want to be like come home without a stone sheep dude like, Dallas's hunt day nine. Yeah, it's, it was rough. Right, it's not day fun. nine is rough. So dude. to shoot one on day one and then just get a like tool around for four ride days horses or, around yeah. and look at sheep. Some that are bigger than mine, some that are smaller than mine. I didn't give a shit. I yeah. was just like, man, that's all I came that's here for. That's a beautiful sheep. I'm glad I get to see it alive. Yeah, and just riding around and seeing the country and everything. And then the wildfires kicked in. It was smoky and you couldn't really see. And yeah, it was brutal. But um, yeah, for like three or four days, it was magical there's sheep everywhere <laughs> all kinds of animals yeah you know well yeah sweet yeah man yeah dude bc is just unreal i can't wait to get back up there i was supposed to go back up this year and it's thanks coronavirus but oh yeah there's a lot of stuff you know that's just like not happening mm-hmm. it's unfortunate i can't imagine what the outfitters are feeling north of the border right now oh brutal you know? you know, and not just the hunting outfitters, like, you know, how about the fishing, fishing, every dude, right? the like, entire industry. My father-in-law suffering. goes to that, goes to some lake, Scott Lake or something lodge up there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're not even open this summer. Like that's like what, you know, 10 guides, yeah. a couple cooks, the whole deal. About all the guys that fly the charters, like everything. Yeah. What about just the bush huge pilots, trickle man? down all the way to ground zero. Yeah. But it's an intense impact, man. Yeah. It's yeah. an intense impact. And I don't think, you know, it's like, it's not like a financial crisis you can see coming. If a year ago you told me, in, you that know, we'd, you're not going anywhere. a four-month summer break during winter. Yeah, you're going to wear a mask and you're not going to be able to go anywhere or do anything next year because of a virus. I'd be like, yeah, no, we got shots and pills and stuff for that. Yeah. yeah but, hey, man, yeah, here nature, we are. <laughs> nature finds a way. Yeah, here we are. You know, so that's my biggest thing. I always say, man, when nature wants to cancel us, nature will cancel us in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. It's a big reality check. Just like there's things out there that you're, are bigger than mm-hmm. we can control. Mm-hmm. 100%, dude. And, you know, it's funny when I'm a big higher power kind of guy, right? And, and a power greater than myself and, mm-hmm. you know, spirituality and all that. 
And if you ever needed something to, to 100% aside from nature, say that there's a power greater than ourselves, dude, coronavirus crushed the planet Yeah. in a matter of months. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, I was supposed to go to Africa with my parents, you know, my dad's 75 now. And, um, it was kind of a bucket list thing for him. He wanted to go down there and shoot some planes game. And we had this whole thing planned and we're going to go down in April. And we'd been looking forward to it for like a year and a half, just stoked. You know, mm-hmm. these things are so fun to do with my dad. Cause you know, he's not going to go sheep hunting. He's not, you know, yeah. but what, a, you know, I'm just trying to do as much as I can with him while we can. And then that happens. And it's like, Oh, I got to push it back here. Right. Then my mom's 75th birthday. We're supposed to go to, you know, Hawaii and my whole family was going to go. It's going to be fun. kick ass. And yeah, that was a no-go, um, but Livy and I had the vacation off of work, so we just went to Minnesota and went fishing with some friends. <laughs> just went, you know? some fun. We're like looking at her on the boat. I'm like, I know it's not Hawaii, but it's yeah. a lake, and it's sunny, and we got a lot to be thankful for. Well, it's funny. I mean, like f- for me, my April, it's three weeks in my April this year was supposed to be up here with me and my mom and my dad looking at properties and, you know, trying to figure out a couple different things and, you know, acquiring some land up here and um, starting a new chapter. Yeah. Um, and it would, it, it wasn't going to happen in April. And then in May we were supposed to go to Hawaii for, you know, 11 or 12 days yeah. and no go Hawaii's <laughs> shut, shut still down. shut yeah. down. You know what I mean? They're, they're allowing inner Island flights, but you yeah, know. you can get there. You just can't like rent a car or do it. Like, you can't do anything. Yeah. Unless so. you sit in a hotel room for 15 days and pay out of your own pocket. Yeah. Like, which I'll just sit here for 15 days. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, not worth the trip. No. And I know it sounds like first world problems, right? Like, and that's my thing. Like, oh, bummer. I didn't get to go to Africa and to go hunting or oh, bummer. You know, and I, I just trying to keep it in perspective, like really fortunate to even have those opportunities. Right. Right. Like, well, what you brought up too is, you know, you're trying to create more experiences with your dad, you know, and, and maybe what, what could be his final years and yeah, no, and all that sure. kind of stuff. And I'm like a huge proponent of that with my dad. And, and I like literally have to force my dad to do a lot of stuff yep. um, because he's more worried about, you know, leaving inheritance to a grand, you know, he's got oh, t- yeah. 12 grandkids and four kids and, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't care. Like that inheritance is not, Oh yeah. An issue. Like I would much rather go build life memories with you and look back on these experiences that I had with my dad and be like, wow, dude, we got to go to Africa or we got, you know, we got to go on a grizzly bear hunt or a caribou hunt or something like that. And then, yeah, we like my dad and I will still go to New Mexico. We go down there and hunt elk on the Taos pub, but we did it last year. How was that? It's awesome. Great bulls. Yeah. Just fun, you know, and like good people down there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a, place where it's relatively mild elk hunting right it's not like crazy hiking this that like you can hunt them right at the tail end of the route with a rifle my dad doesn't bow hunt he just you know it, what it comes down to is like it's like okay i'm not trying to like make some crazy hunt like i don't care i just want to have you know like you said make some memories with my dad i don't i don't care if it's not yeah. super intense grinding it out da, 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 all the stuff like it yeah. doesn't have to be a super fly like, fishing trip to alaska yeah, it doesn't give a sh- i don't give yeah. a shit if it's like badass it's like yeah. it's bigger than that right it's like what we want to do and right we have fun doing it so we're just going to keep doing it and, and yeah we'll do that this fall and it'd be great nice nice but, so something that you mentioned was your wife's support yeah you know for that stone sheep hunt and i know like 
hunting and, and the guide life and all that can be kind of taxing for sure on people and relationships and, and all that. So how important has it been for you having such a supportive better half? And I'll say better half because she'll probably agree with that statement, but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with it. Too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how, yeah. how important has it been for you oh, it's, in it's, having someone who supports your dreams and pushes you towards fulfilling your dreams and making it happen? It's huge, man. And like the biggest thing I, you know, like guiding and stuff is like, you have so much, you're stressed out so much already with the hunt. If you were stressed out about home life, home life, you would be overwhelming. I don't think I could do it. Right. But to know that like she knows what I'm doing and I, you know, we have a ton of trust, like, right. Like yeah, she knows I'm up there and I know she's down here and it's three hours away and, you know, I come back and stuff, but yeah, it's just like, you know, I've been consistent ever since we met. Like, that's just what I've done. I've, I've hunted and guided in the fall, right? We met in like August and then come September, I was up at the CA guiding for like three weeks. So it's just you dated like, through guiding season. Yeah. And like, she was still there when I got back. I was like, whoa, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wow. <laughs> this is a foreign fucking concept. <laughs> yeah. How did uh, this work out? And, and she's just like, she's super like i mean i'm not gonna pump her tires too hard here you know but, she won't but, listen yeah. she won't hear it so. <laughs> but no she's she just like she gets it right she knows that like she sees how happy it makes me and 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 me being happy makes her happy so she understands that like that's what it's going to be the importance and, but at that. the same time i know not to abuse that right like mm -hmm. i know that like she's making crazy sacrifices and taking can take care of stuff right because it's not like it's not like when I'm not guiding, I'm home. I still, I'm gone. I work 48 hours straight at the fire department every week. Mm -hmm. So I'm gone a lot more than just my guiding, right? I'm gone with my guiding, but I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping at the fire station two nights a week. She's home alone, right? Like water heaters go out, shit happens. And it always happens when I'm gone. Right. Of course. You it know, and it's just, uh, yeah, it has its moments for sure. To say it's all just been sunshine and roses. I'd be bullshit. And like, yeah, we've had our fair shares of, of like disagreements and, tension and tough times with it but you know at the end of the day it's like she sees it makes me happy and i and i don't abuse it and i see that like there's things that make her happy right she loves to go to hawaii she loves to go you know do all these things and stuff and like do yeah. you go to fiji yet we have not gone to you fiji. should take her to fiji or should you should take her to fiji yeah we, we've gone to new zealand we've done hawaii we've done you know and we go she loves the she loves to be warm and she loves to be on a beach, right? Like I think every girl does, but yeah. <laughs> I hate being hot, but yeah. you know, just go do it. Like whatever. I get like wicked heat rash. Just like shrivel up like a prune. It's brutal. But, but like just seeing that, right? Like I spent a bunch of money, you know, spent money on a stone sheep hunt. Like, okay, like, well, let's, what do you want to do? Like, you know, talk to her like Livy. What, like, what's, what's your dream, right? Yeah. Oh, her dreams to go here. Okay. Well, let's save up and let's make that happen. Let's go. Give and take, right? Like, yeah. and to say that, like, I'd be lying if I said if she wanted to go sit on the beach in Bora Bora, I, that would suck for me, right? No, that's <laughs> like, yeah, oh, totally. I think I'm I in. can get behind that, you know? Like it's, <laughs> so, you know, she might have to put up with a day of fishing or something, but, mm -hmm. or not, or I could just be good. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's, and, and the more she, like, she, you know, she, I think, likes, like we go fishing in Hawaii and we go fishing in Cabo and whatever. Like we got friends in both and, and she likes it. Like, you know, she has a good time. Doing yeah. It. It's not like it's a burden. It's not like I'm constantly like, 
are you having fun? Like, what can I do? Like, it's just she, you don't have to she's baby super her. good about going with the flow. Yeah, that's it's, cool. And it helps, you know, but that's why. Cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just like, you gotta, you know, I mean, Mark's like a perfect example, right? He's like, or, or Comer, like those guys are gone all the time hunting and stuff, but they have this like mutual agreement, right? They have families. Like I don't have kids mm-hmm. yet. I, I, yet. You know, we've got a golden retriever that sleeps 23 <laughs> and a half hours a day. Dog on the yeah. planet too. Buster, wherever yeah. he went. I don't know. He's sleeping somewhere <laughs> in the shade. But yeah, like I don't, you know, I don't have a lot to, you know, with that. And I think once kids come and a lot of that's like why I'm doing as much as I can right now. Cause it's not so much that when I have kids, I'm going to be like a, it's going to be a burden. It's going to be like, I want to hang out with my kids. Yeah. So, and I don't want my, I don't want to resent to my kids or my wife. Like, oh, I feel like I never got to do anything because I was just stuck here being Mr. Mom. Well, you know, and and that's a really good point. Like, for me, a a big part of the reason why I just am so full bore and wide open going all the time is, like, I've talked to my dad so many times about hunting trips that he missed coming up here, you know, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, like, and all these hunting trips that he really wished that he could have gone on. But he also had a family that he had to support and you know, his job and everything like that. And he always chose to make sure that he was taking care of the family first, which I'm forever grateful and eternally grateful for that, you know, but at the same time, like I know somewhere in there, like he missed, you know, he's, he's somewhere bummed that he missed some of the opportunities that he missed, you know, and didn't get to spend the time in the field on, on some hunts that maybe he wanted to go do. So, you know, for, for my dad getting to watch everything I'm doing, he's just like, ecstatic and through the roof he's like oh, my yeah. largest supporter that's he's how like, my dad is too like he, keep going keep yeah, like, going like <laughs> i'll send him pictures and he's just like instantly to like all his friends like oh god you know junior's been out again yeah you know, look at those cheap or whatever <laughs> he gets like more of a rush out of that like right and i think like i don't know you know i'm sure someday i'll be a, hopefully you know i can have kids and and, and see like that see that side of it same right? passion yeah yeah like like they say living vicariously through your kids, but like, yeah, living vicariously through my kids, like right. be it if my daughter's way into dance, I don't care. Just, yeah, you know, just to see that passion. Like, I think he sees that, that passion I have for hunting and the outdoors. And like, I think that, and the world you've built up. up around yourself inside of it. Oh yeah. It's always like, well, tell me about Willie or tell <laughs> me about, you know, it's just always something, you know, yeah. wants to, and just like wrapping his head around it, you know, cause like he was a surf guy. He built his, you know, his businesses were all trade shows and yeah. built around surf and skate and outdoors, you know, and all this stuff. And, and he was had he a that... fan of endless summer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bruce Dude. Brown that made Dude. it. Yeah. Good friend of my dad. One of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. Yeah. And so like, yeah, that was, that was his era. That was his deal. Like, yeah. you know, all the trade shows that went around that and stuff. And so, but he had that tight group. Right. And then he sees like me with my tight hunting group and like, you know, it's relatable. Yeah, I mean, he knows Comer since Comer was, like, third grade, you know? And then he's, like, always, you know, followed Comer all through the baseball stuff, and he kicked ass at that. Yeah. Kind of pisses me off. He's good at, like, everything he does, and that's (laughs) frustrating, but whatever. But, yeah, Dad's always just like, oh, you know, Comer's hitting home runs, and you guys, you know, and then now to all of us to live in the same town and, And you know. And continue on. Yeah, fire my dad a picture of us at 30 years old sitting next to a bull. Or yeah, a sheep. 29. You're not 20, 30 that's right. There we go. Don't give yourself I'm that just credit. counting like what's going to happen <laughs> this coming year. No. But yeah, to send him like a picture of that. It's just like, I mean, dude, he's got a picture wall and it's like Cody and Comer from 1998 to Children present. to yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. How cool. Usually it revolves around 
dead animals or dead fish or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, stuff. That's awesome, man. But, yeah, it's been a good ride. It's just getting started, in my opinion, you know? Right. Well, my uncle would always tell me, you know, and he lived a wildlife and crazy career and everything he did. And I remember I went to him when I was 29 years old and I was like, my life's done and, you know, I'm settling down now and, you know, there's not much adventure left. And he looked at me and he's like, my adventures didn't start until I was 30 and you're 29. Yeah. Get on it. Kid. Yeah, for sure. And then that was like, all right, time to get on it. Like, yeah, you know, no, for sure. And it's a, yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, just, you never know what's going to happen. Like, you know, there could be another opportunity falls in your lap tomorrow. You just don't know. Yeah. And that's what keeps me going. Is like, I just don't know. Like, but you know, all you can do is set yourself up for that mm-hmm. to be successful. Right. Like if you're going to have a victim mentality of like the world's out to get you and it sucks because you know, Joe Blow gets to go on all these hunts and I'm just sitting here selling car insurance. It's like, well, yeah, with that attitude, that's, well, what that's you're where gonna people do. end up getting angry and jealous at other people's success because they're sitting at home, not doing what they're dreaming of doing. And other people are, and they get upset about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just like, m- make something, man. This is the, the land of opportunity. Like it's go, America. Go do it. Like there's no, not a better place to, you know, fucking you, dream big, man. Yeah. Dream big and put effort and energy and passion and heart and love into it. Yep. And it can happen hundred percent you know yeah and all that just like i said like i just you know surround yourself with good people and and people like you said that are going to constantly push you yeah and and force you to be better yep that's that's like my biggest i mean if i could say one thing that's gotten me to like i i haven't gotten that i mean i'm not like anybody right let's be honest but like <laughs> to get to the point where i where i am which yeah. I, is where i want to be i'm really enjoying what i'm doing is yeah, it's just been a, it's just been surrounding myself with people that push me and mm-hmm. and hold me accountable and have become my best friends. How do you feel like social media has affected hunting? Oh, I mean, I'd be lying. I mean, I like it. You know, I got, yeah. get on the gram. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to me. It's just a snapshot, right? Like I can post a picture of a sheep, but what people don't see is the amount of bullshit and freaking tears and sweat and hard work and all the stuff that went on six months before that right they're yeah. just like oh yeah nice 195 inch sheep cool you know whatever yeah. they don't see like me weeping to willie on the phone because i haven't found the thing for 10 <laughs> days right like i don't i'm not gonna put that on there that's <laughs> gonna make me look like a little puss yeah. you know <laughs> but it's just like you know that's just the that's the part of it that i think is nobody posts bad shit nobody wants to be like here's my average car my average house my average dog my average life Mm-hmm. my average deer my you know it's always like it's kind of unrealistic yeah but i like it you know i'll post pictures of big sheep and stuff that i do and you know because it's stuff epic. i'm passionate about yeah the thing i like about it, it's like you follow people or you don't follow people if you don't really like it don't follow me I yeah don't, i don't care yeah I, there's people on there that i can't stand i don't follow them yeah i don't make my day bad you know yeah so right. that's the thing i think is interesting it's like you know there's people I feel like follow because I think it's super cool. You know, it mm-hmm. might not even be hunting related, but I think it, yeah, there's awesome it's adventure. Weird. There's some people that are like so caught up in like, you know, the likes and the promoting the brands and this and that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do some stuff with like, you know, like the boots, crispy boots or whatever. Those guys have been 
fantastic to they me. They make great fucking boots. Great dude. boots. Great. I this, love. I like, have four different pairs of their boots, and every single pair has been great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Like they're bomb.com, and the guys that are there are bomb.com. Like they're just great people. Mm-hmm. But you know, with like bullshitting them at the shows and going out to dinner and stuff, they're like, you wouldn't believe how many people are like, I'm a big Instagram guy, and you should give me free boots. And then it's like, I can imagine. Yeah, if you're doing Instagram to get free shit, like that's just stupid. Like. It doesn't work that way. I yeah, mean, I don't understand it, it really. I mean, I'm, and what I don't understand too, though, is the guys that don't do shit, but they have 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 followers and get everything handed to them. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't really understand it that much, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just keep throwing my hashtags up and having fun. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Having fun while you're doing it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I like, I mean, it's cool. I like to, I, it's cool that you can go on there. Like I was just in Minnesota fishing, right? My buddy's like been pumping me up the whole time about it. And I can go on there and type in hashtag Malax, mm-hmm. which is the lake he was like telling me about and just seeing like slab walleyes and smallmouth the whole time. And I don't, I'm not a big fisherman. Yeah. This was like totally foreign to me, but like I was getting jacked. I was watching, <laughs> I was every day. I put it on my hashtag thing and I'm like, holy Scrolling shit. Scrolling through yeah, the hashtag, just checking what's getting Calling him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, dude, I know. And it's always good. Like. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, no, there's, there's, these guys got some huge walleyes today. <laughs> you know, that side of it's pretty cool. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times, like when big nine, I'm in like driving through Canada, like typing in hashtag big nine. I want to see what this place looks like. You know, it's yeah. kind of cool for that. Yeah. Um, Recon. Yeah. You can find anything through hashtag. Yeah. Or like, you know, somebody kills something in Montana or posts a scenery photo and I'm like, wow, it looks pretty good. Let's go check that out. You know? <laughs> Don't be a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so. for showing me your spot, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it looks pretty decent. I should check that out. Yeah. I'll totally do that. I got no shame. Yeah. Hey, dude. It's Whatever. out there. It's public information. Sure people do it to me. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. You know. It happens, man. Oh, yeah. All the time. But. It's part of the gig. It's part of the gig. So what do you have coming up this year? Um, I actually didn't draw anything, including the pretty easy to draw montana eastern montana elk tag so i i'm gonna go to new mexico with my dad um you know pending the coronavirus and everything going on i i might guide uh an elk hunt here a couple elk hunts one sheep hunter um the one sheep hunter is just like a good buddy of ours so Mm -hmm. um it'll be pretty fun and then uh yeah, we'll see. I mean, usually the sheep hunters trickle in, you know. Everyone goes, you know, they're going to do it on their own, and they roll up to the brakes and realize there's not a 200-inch sheep under every rock. Right. And then they start calling and wanting to go. So I'm sure we'll pick up a few more sheep hunts before it's all over. Um, do you guys pick up tags mid-season? Because people are like, wait yeah, a minute, I need a Yeah, most of the time. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, a lot of it. You know, we'll usually get a pretty good wave at the front. This year we didn't mm-hmm. get a huge wave. Um, but usually we'll, you know book a few right off the bat when the draws come out and then get those done and then yeah like middle of october when it starts getting gummy and can't get around and you know then it's like you know and we you know it just depends wickens was super cool he's just such a nice guy that like you know somebody calls him and he doesn't have hunters like he'll work something out make it work like yeah he wants to see people be successful on a once in a lifetime tag so right you know we're all in it for the so being successful, and I talked to Matt about this too, being successful on a hunt, a lot of people are like, it's the experience. A lot of people are like, it's the actual kill. I know for me, my every hunt is great, 
but I, I rarely will call a hunt without a kill a success. Yeah. And that's my personal opinion. What What's your... Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's... There's a lot of people that are like... Excuse me. They're just like, you know, epic encounters and this and that. Yeah, dude. That's hunting. Mm-hmm. Hunting is epic encounters. That's All what day. it is. Yeah, successful hunt is like putting the time in and being rewarded for it with mm-hmm. an animal. Be it yours, be it a friend's, be it a client's, mm-hmm. somebody's, right? Like, that's the successful part of it. And I get it. Like, yeah, I've had some some successful hunts without killing anything. Like, I've had some super cool encounters. But, like, the more you do it, the more th- those aren't, like, as unique, right? Usually you have – you start to have more – the more time you spend out there, the more time you're having, you know, the your definition of success might change. Like, mm-hmm. when I was first getting into sheep, right, found those ewes. That's, that's success. success. You know, then go back and see the ram. That's a success. If I go up right now and see use, that is not a success. That mm-hmm. is just <laughs> cool. You, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. just great. I found them. The, it's just changed, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just evolving what your de- definition Constantly of success evolving is. for each person. Yeah. On, and like, a, on an individual basis. Basically setting that goal of like, what is a successful hunt? I want to kill a 350 bull. Okay. Well, you can't kill a 350 bull if a 320 walks out day one and you shoot it. Mm-hmm. That's not successful. If this was your goal, if I'm only going to hunt a sheep with my bow and I tell everyone and in my heart, I'm like bow or I eat the tag and I go out and I hunt for like five days and get frustrated and pull out the boomstick and thump one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You killed a ram, but like, were you really like in your heart? Were you really successful with what you wanted to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, dude, I don't know. You tell me a really good example would be like, so this last year on my, on my elk tag in, in Montana, you know, I was like, I'm either going to shoot, you know, a 300 plus bull or I'm going to shoot a cow. And I spent nine days and I passed several raghorns. I passed several elk, several bulls that I just, they weren't, that's not what I was looking for. Yeah. And then on day nine, I ended up shooting a cow. Yeah. And, um, I came off the mountain and turned around and glassed the mountain for the last 45 minutes of daylight and found eight bulls that yep. were all over 300 <laughs> yep that's how it goes <laughs> so fucking pissed yeah but it's exactly what you said there's no way by me killing that cow on day nine when i had the entire i could have i had the entire season to stay yeah you know what i mean there's nothing that was you know keeping me from staying other than me just being like well it's day nine and i'm just gonna shoot a cow now you know but by killing that cow there's no way that i was gonna ever be successful at killing a 300 plus bull yeah you know? Yeah, it's just anything, you know, you just like, you gotta, and, and and I think it's really like, you shouldn't make those goals based on like, what the, what the majority of people, like, right, like, you're gonna go hang out with like guys that are like, their goals are to kill a 350 bull, maybe you, that's not your goal. Mm-hmm. Maybe your goal is to kill a cow, maybe you just want to get one under your belt. Yeah. And, and eat it and understand it. And, you know, I, I think that so many people are so caught up in like the you know, I think some of it is Instagram. Like they see just like big bull, big sheep, big deer, just boom, 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 boom in your face. Like they kind of lose track of reality. Like, dude, nobody's, I pounded a bunch of raghorns. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't help myself when I was 12 and 13 and oh, 14 yeah. and, you know, with Comer even like, yeah, dude, we was five point boom, like done. Got it. Sick. Never been more <laughs> jacked about anything in my life. You know, yeah. hook that thing up to the four wheeler and drag it down. <laughs> like, look, dad, like check dude, it out. 
he's like, oh, God, why didn't you just shoot a cow? You know, but like, <laughs> it's just, that was the deal, man. Gotta and, love and like, dad. yeah, over the years, like you start to, you know, your progression changes. Yeah. Like pretty know? soon you're like, you know, I remember, like, I can remember vividly, like putting my crosshairs on like a raghorn and being like, nah, mm-hmm. that was a big deal. Like that's a, that's it a change, good. right? Okay, sweet. Walked away. And then just being like, you know, okay. Yeah. I didn't need to kill that. Like, okay, let's look for something bigger. Yeah. And it, it comes back to like trophy on you, right? It means more. If you just go out and pound the same like stupid animal to put like, oh, okay, go out and shoot a small six point every year to put it on Instagram mm-hmm. and fill your tag. Like, cool. But did you challenge yourself? Did you, you know, how'd you raise the bar? Yeah. Like, it's just like, that's like going out and just like trying to like, just have a decent football game, not trying to like win. Mm-hmm. not challenging not playing harder teams not like you know like i, I don't know i'm stupid bad at examples like no you're doing but, really good with examples that's, but yeah, that's like, like flawless examples yeah right it's there. like i don't how want, are you going to challenge yourself yeah. you have to challenge yourself yeah i'm like you know what brendan's definition of a big bull is a lot different than my definition of a big bull is a lot different than your my definition, definition you know of a big like everybody's sure. gonna have that but like i'm not gonna be like god i want to be cool like you know brendan or i want to be cool like whoever is yeah. killing big bulls and they, they're going to like, yeah, I'm just 400 or bust. You know, it's like, no, that's not me. Like I'm the first one to admit like good six point comes out, man. I got a really hard time not killing it. Yeah. I've been really lucky that a couple of them have been bigger, but yeah. you know, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense for like, for me to hold myself to like yeah that standard of like some, somebody else's standard, right? Like I, right. I got to have my own totally. goals that are realistic goals that are my, like, what's my, what's going to make me happy mm-hmm. and then go with it. Like be you okay know? with it. Accept yeah. It. Big six point walks out or, you know, three twenty bull. Then I smoke it. I'm like, yeah, got it. Sick. <laughs> Stoked. <laughs> Pumped up. Yeah, I am. Right. I don't care. Right. So in every podcast, so I'm obviously sponsored by dead eye outfitters. Yeah. You know, they make hats, t-shirts, great clothing apparel. They don't do like hunting. Yeah, they make like leisure, like a, yeah, 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 lifestyle apparel. Yeah, yeah. So in every, in every podcast, there's always you know a question, um, and it's called the dead eye the dead eye minute. So I have a staged question for you. It's not cool. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, and I have to find it. So, are you more of a silver spooner? Or a gold spooner. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you who asked me to ask you this. But. I already know. Uh, <laughs> I'm like that silver grapefruit spoon with the little spines on the end. Really uh-huh. dig in. No. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> God. No. I. You know, it's funny. Like, the whole, like, and I just embrace it. I don't really give a shit. Like, my dad worked his ass off for what yeah. he's got, and he's oh, helped yeah. me out. And I, hey, man, like, I hope I can help my kids out like he has. For sure. But, I, um, I get that 100%. But at the end of the day, yeah, like, you know, I think you can be dealt whatever spoon you want and, mm-hmm. and what you do with it is what defines you, right? I took the same test that 400 other people did to get my job at the fire department. Yeah. And I go hunt sheep in the same place tons of other people guide. And like, it's just like, what do you want to make of it? Do you mm-hmm. want to just be a shit bag and live in your mom's basement and, you know, whatever? Or do you want to do something with it? And I think it all comes down to like, different people have different opportunities. I've been super, super lucky yeah. and have also made some pretty good opportunities for myself. And yeah. So, you know, 
It is what you make it. Both spoons. Yeah. Gold and silver. Taking it. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Well, we'll end it there. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.